Hello, everyone, and welcome to Bloomscast. My name is Seth, a.k.a. Phantasma Blooms, and I'm coming to you pre-recorded from the Observatorium. As always, I thank you for tuning in today. Alright, so before I get started in here today, I just want to say, first and foremost, a very heartfelt thanks to my Twitch community. Uh, as of Friday's stream, I believe it was, we were able to hit our donation goal for the St. Jude's Children's Hospital System. Uh, we've been running that since about mid-December-ish as our December charity goal, and we finally finished it off. I'm really proud to say that thanks to y'all's support during the Raid Shadow Legends stuff, I was able to earn enough money to match y'all's donations, and now we sat well over the $250 goal. We were actually at the end of it, I think sitting at 310 305 but genuinely, I just wanted to take this opportunity to say thank you all so much for continuing to support me and everything that I do here, because look, I'm going to be upfront. I know sponsored stuff is not exactly the most sexy and alluring type stream but seriously i cannot thank everybody who's come out here to support me and who's jumped in and downloaded the games and played along with me especially for the war thunder stuff like all things considered it has been an incredibly busy i guess year to start with and I'm going to be the first to say it here. I don't think I'm going to do another sponsorship for a little while unless there's something that I truly, truly enjoy. Like I, when I saw War Thunder, because that was that's what I told myself too when I finished off the Raid Shadow Legend stuff. Because I was drained. Like it was a goodish game, and I could see why it gotten so popular. It was basically Babby's first gotcha game. But for the amount of time they wanted you to invest into it to get to a point where you could, you know, get a point of sorts to get a cash bonus or whatever, it I just couldn't really recommend it. Because, like, mind you, while y'all are playing, you know, on the side, I'm doing the same, both from a content creator side and because my contributions to the sponsorship program also influence how much I get paid out. So, I was sitting there, like, trying to grind Raid, and I was just like, bro, this fucking sucks. (laughs) (laughs) So, I told myself early on, I'm like, alright, I'm not gonna do another sponsorship, you know, stream for a little while. Wanna give myself a bit of a break. And then all of a sudden, I got this email for War Thunder, and I'm like, hey, yo, I love me some War Thunder. I used to play that shit all the time. I jumped on it, and I kinda regret jumping on it, because I got a World of Warships one immediately, like the next day, and I was just like, no, I vastly prefer World of Warships. (laughs) Now, mind you, mind you, the wording of the War Thunder stuff, because now I can say this because the sponsorship's all said and done, and I genuinely don't think they know that I do a podcast, so it's fine to say this, and this is a great kickoff topic for today's topic, which I'll introduce in a little bit, but, well, you got to read the title of the podcast, so, you know, you you kind of know what's going on, but <laughs> it's, genuinely speaking, the way they had worded the reward system of sorts was, okay, you play five games, you get a point. You win seven games, you get another point. Well, they never said in any of the documentation that a single account could not attribute to both points more than once. So when I was playing War Thunder for, you know, three, four streams, thinking, oh, I should get a 
a payout or something here soon. It, it never happened. So I was just, I sat there and I was like, huh. Alright, so I actually needed more audience participation for War Thunder than I would have needed for, you know, World of Warships. And I was just like, this, mm, I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> so no, genuinely speaking, I don't think I'll be taking on a sponsorship opportunity for at least a little while, unless it's something that I'm, like, incredibly passionate about. Like, I, I always make the joke that if Toho Lost Word hit me up and was like, Hey, Phantasma Blooms, uh, we want you to represent Toho Lost Word for a week. I'd be like, hey, yo, alright, I'll re-download the game, bet. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Give me some decent characters, and I'll absolutely wreck face for a little while. Because it's like, look, I get it at the end of the day. When you do a sponsorship type stream or content, whatever, you're kind of forced to act in a certain way. And, you know, thankfully, the sponsorships that I've taken already are very liberal about that. So you can just basically do whatever you want. You just can't say anything bad about the games that you're playing unless it's in like a critiquing fashion so i can't be like man this game's fucking dog shit no it's like hmm these graphics are kind of buggy at times but it's not dissuading me from enjoying the game you know that kind of shit and i feel like it kind of masks part of my personality and i understand why those don't do as well and i can also fully understand why people are like, God, Seth, you're selling out again. And it's just like, bruh, I'm doing things to try and improve content. Please. <laughs> there are reasons behind the madness. I ain't doing this just for my own health. <laughs> but no, that actually is a good springboard into today's topic. In which I wanted to talk to you about the monetization and the complete bullshit of it all of starting a twitch page of starting a youtube vod page of being a podcaster and to eventually end it all off with blogging you know because as i've mentioned before in the past i am steadily preparing a blog to go alongside plumescast i don't know entirely how i want to format it yet and it's one of those questions that really I'm going to walk you through my thought process and allow you guys to kind of hear like, you know, the actual real experience. Because here's the thing, okay? You can go on the internet. You can, you're on the internet now if you're listening to me. Unless you downloaded me, then you, you know, you use the internet to download my sweet, sweet voice and are currently listening to me on some kind of device. I don't really care one way or another. Just thank you for the support. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, you know, you can go on the internet, you can Google just about anything as far as, you know, whether or not you want to start a podcast or start a stream. Like, there's a whole bunch of websites out there that will give you the, like, the same general bullshit topics that really are true enough that they will work, but they also aren't, you know? Because, like, the thing is... And this is how I'm going to preface all of this, is any one of those sites makes it seem rosy. It makes it seem like a bright rainbow is right in front of you. You 
you wonderful little content creator, you. You can do anything you set your little heart to and the numbers will come. And it's just, and I understand it. I truly understand it because if they pitch it to you like that, then they can follow up with, anyway, here's YouTube videos of how to do this and how to do that. So they're generating ad revenue. They have a website and they're getting YouTube views. They're generating ad revenue. Or if these videos don't help you, you can go to our special class for $500 to learn how to be a master class streamer. And it's just like... They sell you on a package. Or, you know, you go and you find some of these content creators who will actively talk down to smaller creators, smaller people, new people, and just the community in general. And then immediately will be like, you know, it's kind of like those finance influencers. Those financial ones are always on like, you know, uh, I drive a McLaren and honestly, I don't understand how everybody on the road doesn't have a McLaren. If you don't have a McLaren, you are not a human. <laughs> anyway, subscribe to my $1,000 a month financial and how to become rich. And it's just, it's heartbreaking. It is truly heartbreaking because you get a bunch of people that start off. And it's, you know, it's funny that I'm saying this. It's now March. This is kind of one of those key pivotal points for a lot of New Year's resolutions where they fall through. You know, if they haven't fallen through already, you might be on that teetering page of, excuse me, you might be on this teetering page of, ah, man, I'm, you know, not getting the numbers that these websites said I would. I'm not getting the views. I'm not getting, maybe I should stop while I'm ahead. And this, I hope, will be your kind of rallying call, because I'm going to be honest with y'all, being a content creator is not easy, being a podcast, you know, podcaster (laughs) is not easy, being a blog writer is not easy, and the reality of it is, is the people that shape it out to be easy, maybe have gotten lucky, and caught the star in the bottle, And just ran with it and do the bare minimum. And especially, and this is really the driving factor behind all this too, is I see a lot of AI, you know, influence of sorts. Hell, you know, let me, let me put this a bit further, okay? I've seen AI written articles. I've seen AI voiced YouTube videos that were probably written, like the script was probably written by an AI, and I've seen countless YouTube videos about how AI can make you millions, people are abandoning AI, but you shouldn't, and look, okay, I might title this, an AI wrote this podcast or something like that, just to kind of fool the search engine optimization, but... And then I probably won't do that. I don't like that. That leaves a bad taste in my mouth. But the thing is, is these people will try and sell you on the lack of creativity, the lack of humanity, because they want to make money. You know, they'll try and be like, hey, you can use chat GPT to do X, Y, and Z, and you'll make so much money. And the problem is, is when people figure out that it's AI, and not a person behind it, 
they're going to lose interest. You know, I, let me put this point a bit further. I am currently, I'm having, I'm having a bit of dilemma, you know, and I'll bring this out later on when I get into this subsect of the topic, but I am currently debating whether or not I want to spend 800 or so dollars to buy myself a Samsung Galaxy Tablet S8. I might get the S8 Plus, who knows, the screen's a little bit better and the battery's a little bit longer. I, I don't know if it's worth the extra hundred bucks, but regardless, that's neither here nor there. So I, as a tech guy, start doing my due diligence, my DD, if you're in any type of financial type stuff, and I'm trying to find information about the tablet. Like, does it have good response time? Because I want to write notes on it when I'm in a conference in Las Vegas later on this year, if I'm going to that. That's still up in the air. But... Does it have good response time for the S Pen? Can I, you know, draw on it? What applications does it connect to? What does it work well with? What doesn't it work well with? Tell me about Samsung DeX, the, you know, supposedly desktop-like experience that runs out off the, you know, tablet, and you can hook it up to a computer or docking station, and then all of a sudden you can use your, you know, peripherals you can use your keyboard your mouse all this fun stuff and genuinely speaking this all speaks to me in waves because as somebody that's you know pretty deep in tech I want to have that ability to pick up something take it with me like I want to be able to make a journal type post in the middle of the night when the fox wife and I are laying down because she's starting to take up journaling she's been using her new iPad to write notes and write her journal every night. And I want to do that with her. I want to be able to be more in tune with myself. That was something, that's one of my New Year's resolution goals, is to be kinder to myself and realize when I'm not feeling my best. And so I've been trying to find this, you know, just like a good amount of information. You know, something that says, without a doubt, yes, this is what you should do. You know, or at least enough information that says this will be a valuable you know, investment into yourself. And in my search, I happen to find a couple of YouTube videos. Mind you, these are the first two videos that YouTube had recommended for me about the Samsung Galaxy 8. And, you know, I I think I put something more specific about, like, how which tablet is best for drawing, because I was also debating. I was like, you know, I kind of... I already have an old Asus Chromebook. It's still in support until you know, August of this year, because the nice part about Chromebooks is you were, like, guaranteed five years worth of operating system upgrades, and you'd be fine. Well, I'm coming up on the end of that. That was another thing that prompted the conversation was, why don't I just spend, like, half the amount of money I would on a tablet on a decent Chromebook, you know, and run it from there? And honestly, I've kind of been flip-flap, all this back and forth, Really, I'm still debating it because there are different ways I can approach the subject, but that's either that's neither here or there. So we bring ourselves back to this YouTube video. And the and the thing is, is when it starts, I can almost immediately hear the tinniness of an AI. Now mind you, AI voice acting, AI, you know, deep fakes as they're called. It's getting further and further along that the more 
a person or more voice samples that you can feed a robot, the more likely it's going to be able to replicate that voice. Like, God forbid, okay, God forbid down the line, I somehow become famous, and then somebody takes all these episodes of Plume's cast, feeds it into an AI, and then all of a sudden, I'm hearing myself say things like, oh, I hate anime, anime sucks, <laughs> you know, things like, Tamamono May, the worst waifu, <laughs> but, you know, just hearing all these things in deepfake, because I have, you know, 35 somewhat hour-long episodes of Plume's cast of me saying all these different words, all these different, you know, vernacular and different speech patterns that eventually an AI could just take all of it and be like, oh yeah, no, now I'm Seth Plumes. The fuck's up now? <laughs> but anyway, so I start these videos and I'm listening to it and it's just, you hear the AI tinniness, you hear like fuck ups like grammatical errors and it's just like people are putting this bullshit out there making content up around this probably use stocked images and stock everything else to make this work and it's like look i am fine with ai assisted type programs where like if you yourself can't do this to a certain degree and the ai will help you that's fine, but the fact that people are taking full-on AI-written scripts, doing AI voice acting to AI-created videos, trying to make a quick buck, it's discouraging, because it goes against, you know, what being a content creator really is, and that's the heart. You are a creator, you create, and it's just frustrating to see, and that's why... I wanted, and you know, now nearly 20 minute rant down the line, that's why I wanted to talk to y'all about the real experiences of, you know, coming up with your own idea, coming up with like your own Twitch page, coming up with your own YouTube, coming up with your own podcast, and you know, for me, going on to do blogging, because at the end of the day, people will gravitate to things that will make a quick buck. That's kind of the war the way of the world right now. Where cash is king and if you tell somebody you can make six hundred and ninety seven dollars passively by using chat GPT to do an email service, they're gonna try and do it. Now let me give you a really good bit of advice, friends. Okay? Some of the best advice your blue or your plumes pearl of wisdom for the day. Is if somebody says, oh, I'm making, excuse me, I'm making $700 by doing this one weird thing that no one else is doing. I guarantee you, almost 100,000 plus people are doing it at the same time and it is not working. And the reason why they are trying to get you to do this is because there's usually some kind of bullshit program that they want to sign you up for. And you know, it's funny, they even introduce themselves, they're like, ah yeah, I'm a lazy person, but I'm making $700 a day by using ChatGPT, here's how, and if you want more information, sign up for my class. And it's just like, yeah, you're outing yourself. Here's a great saying, you know, at the end of every decision is money. What that means is you can follow the money up. And figure out where these like crucial decisions are being made. 
is it helping somebody save money? Is it costing somebody more money to do something a certain kind of way so they purposely axe out their development so that way it saves money and gets more money into the shareholders' pockets? Is there a program that they're offering you for a free service such as ChatGPT? It, you can find these answers and you can find a lot of corruption up the way. And that's why, again, I want to start this whole conversation with the realest fact about content creation. Actually, you know what? I just came up with a great top or great title for this. I'm going to say staring at a blank page versus the war against AI. I think that's a good one. I like that. <laughs> anyway, bro, I don't plan, like, genuinely speaking, first off, I apologize that this is probably going to be an hourly, the time swap fucked with me, and I was like, oh, I got another hour, like, my body clock is not adjusted properly, so I'm eating a sandwich, you know, watching some YouTube videos, talking with friends, and I'm like, oh, yeah, no, I got another hour before I gotta record podcast and get it out, and then I look at the clock, and it's like 1.30, I'm like, fuck, <laughs> anyway, um... So, no, I don't plan the titles of these all out 100%. I freely think about it and then, you know, come through and be like, okay, you know, as I'm talking about things, based on how I lead the conversation, it changes what the title will be. But anyway, I wanted to start all this off and give you the most realist piece of advice about content creation. And that's not everybody is going to be able to be the next Markiplier. Not everybody's going to be the next Mr. Beast. Not everybody's going to be the next, you know, Lightning Wolf. I have no clue. There's some Sniper Wolf. That's it. She's always recommended on new YouTube pages. I'm, like I just tried to close my eyes and think if I opened a new YouTube page and didn't have anything, like basically new private page, no account linked to it, just go from there. I guarantee you she's going to be in there. Mr. Beach, Mr. Beast is going to be in there like three or four times. Dream might be in there. Some other Minecrafter. And so on and so forth. Look. It's hard. It is very hard to sit here and, you know, listen to all these people say, Yeah, you'll make, you know, streaming such a good side hustle. Blah, 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 blah. You know, you're, you're going to make so much money if you become popular, blah, 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 blah. You know, you just got to go out and spend all this money. By the way, use my promo code PHANTASMASAVES for 5% off on your PC purchase for streaming. And just like, it's hard. It is incredibly hard. Because I want to reach out to these people and be like, why the fuck are you scamming these kids, these wannabe content creators and just kind of almost gatekeeping it in a sense. Because the thing is, especially if you go on Reddit or something like that, you will find so many people that will talk down to you, no matter what your hobby is. And they'll be like, oh, you shouldn't do that. That's a failures thing. Look, alright? Here's a big tip about content creating. Before you even get onto the blank page where you're starting, be prepared to fuck up. Be prepared to make mistakes. Be prepared to learn. Because ultimately, what people like to see, especially if you're building a community, and if you disagree with this, feel free to let me know. Because I do this with y'all all the time. 
you know, feel free to experiment. Feel free to have fun with something. Feel free to put a little spark with something. Make it yours. And if it doesn't work, that's okay. Not everything is going to be the rainbow at the end of the tunnel. You know, sometimes it's just a dim light. Like, yeah, that kind of worked. You know, sometimes your video or whatever else goes viral and you start chasing that one bit of virality and it's just like, okay, you know, you can only talk about Puss in Boots so many times. And I'm only saying that because I just watched that movie the other night and I fucking loved it. But anyway, and it's just like, you know, some people that actually, no, 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 let's back that up a little bit. There's a great video. It's done by somebody on YouTube named Uncle Al. It's, I can't remember what the name of the video is. I think it's just Square, okay? And it's a parody of a SpongeBob episode where, you know, Mr. Krabs, Patrick, and Plankton are all, you know, making memes and quoting memes. And Squidward can't figure out how to make a meme. Well, Squidward goes through... And eventually just comes up with this bullshit called Square. You know? Like, he's over at the... uh, He's over at the canned bread store. And he goes in and he finds... Oh my god, they have it. Square. And everybody starts laughing. It's just like, Mr. Squidward! How do you feel about having the funniest meme on the internet right now? And he's just like, oh, blah, 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 blah. And then the next day, he opens the door. Square! And nobody is there. And he's like, but but I became a, I became famous. You know, I was the funny meme man. He's like, yeah, no, every, everybody's on the new meme now. Crazy looking dog. And it's just... You know, you see a bunch of people that get that little bit of fame that start chasing just that one aspect of it instead of taking it and building out something from it. You know, if that one thing worked, great. Try and continue upon the innovation. Don't, you know, circle back around and keep trying to do the same thing over and over again. You know, the guy that did... uh let me do it for you, that dog. He is just running that to the ground, which, you know, the first couple were funny, but now they're not that great. And it's just like, I get it. I get that mindset where if something works, why try and fix it? Don't break, If it's not broken, don't fix it. But that's the thing. You know, you have to keep reimagining things. You have to keep experimenting. If something works, that's great. Feel free to do it once or twice. You know, build up from it a little bit. But at the same time, don't limit yourself just to it. Because at the end of the day, you're going to burn yourself out of it one way or another. You know, that's why when you see all these different Minecraft streamers, all these different, you know, Roblox content creators, they're always finding new ways to make their game interesting. Or they are doing something on top of, you know, playing the game. Like, there's a bunch of Reddit voiceovers, like Reddit voiceover shorts, where bots are basically reading, you know, posts from Reddit. In fact, there's a huge podcast on Spotify called r slash. That that's basically all the guy does, is he finds a couple of Reddit posts, he reads it, and then he gives his opinion on it. But... You'll find people who've recorded themselves just going through Minecraft obstacle courses. 
and just doing it with friends and laughing and having a good time. Like I think back, there's this one or this one content creator um, named Northern Lion who did Binding of Isaac runs every single day. And just ran with it and came up with different challenges. And he's like, okay, I want to try and get this achievement today. Or I want to do this. You know, it's not... It's like... It's taking what you have. Taking your niche. And rebuilding it a little bit with your own touch. Your own flair. Your own style. You know? Because that's the big thing about all of this. All this content creation stuff is at the very beginning, when you first decide to do anything, when you're first staring at that blank page, think to yourself, what about you makes you you? Now, realize I didn't say entertaining or marketable or, you know, any other fucking buzzword. No, the real question about all this is what makes you unique? You know, there's a bunch of streamers out there that stare at the screen, that, you know, set up all these fancy lights, and we'll get to this in a minute, but they set up all these fancy lights, they pay for all these overlays, they end up getting scammed by one of these, you know, graphic designers that all use the same program and overcharge like $600 for something they made in Procreate or whatever else, and basically... They have they sunk all this money into it, but because they aren't projecting their personality, they're not putting their own spin on it. They're not, you know, making things fun. They're just sitting there like, oh man, Call of Duty, ha ha ha, ha. damn. Five seconds later, ooh, you know, and it's just when you don't have your personality there, when you don't have like that showmanship mentality. Maybe then you gotta kind of reevaluate what kind of content you want to create. Now, granted, there are absolutely people out there that appreciate a quiet stream. There are people out there that just want to hang out, that occasionally talks with the streamer, and you know it's just a chill vibe. But when you have like all this bizarre as hell alert notifications that are like big ass explosions and donation you know it, it it goes against what you're going for so really when i'm telling you all this i want you to first sit and think when somebody finds you when somebody approaches your page your content whatever it may be what kind of personality do you want to show with it like for me i can tell you straight out I want to make this as, you know, realistic as I can be. And when I say that, I mean, this is a single take podcast for the most part. There are a couple times where I have to, you know, edit out a coughing fit or I realize that my phone's on and somebody starts calling me and I have to stop recording for a second. But for the most part, this is all done in a single take. I have next to no notes and I just talk into the mic Almost as if I was talking to you directly. Because at the end of the day, that's how I always want podcasts to be. You know, that's how I always want any of my content to be. It's when you come onto my stream, it's you coming into my 
observatorium. You're sitting down in the big fluffy chair behind me, and you're watching me play a game, and you're talking with me. You're harassing me. You're making fun of me. You're doing whatever friends do, because ultimately that's the vibe I go for. You know, I don't present myself as a, mm, yes, I'm very high-class streamer. Oh, yes, I only play the most advanced games that cost real money to shoot bullets. A single bullet is a millicent, or like a single penny. Mmm, yes. You know, I don't present myself like that. I present myself as silly, as fun, as energetic, because that's how I am at the end of the day. I, when I go to work... I am professional. Yes, I'm an open book, and yes, I can talk to you all about anything, but I am professional. I keep that energy tuned down to a certain degree because I understand I can't be bouncing off the walls like I do during a Twitch stream. And when I have that extra energy and I come home and I present it to you all, that isn't me like overselling myself. No, it is me being me. Just sometimes I have a little extra energy because I was sitting at work focusing super hard on a piece of code. So when I come and do podcasts, it's a similar notion where it is very much you sit down next to me, you know, and we have a one-on-one conversation of sorts. I love doing the podcast live because it gives y'all the opportunity to come back and respond and talk back to me and ask questions. And genuinely, that is what I want y'all to be able to do. That's why I always, at the end of every podcast, say, hey, if you have any questions, shoot it to this email, you know, or there's an app called Wisdom. You can send it there. Anything, really, because I want to keep encouraging a conversation. I want you to feel as though when you sit down and you listen to an episode of Plume's Cast, it isn't your typical, you know, today we're talking about the murder of, you know, I don't know, Jackson Alex, you know, and here's all the facts. No, it's not me. Whenever I present a topic, it's not, you know oh, we're going to talk about this topic strictly, and that's it. No funny business, no laughter. No, it's, we're going to laugh. We're going to cut up. We're going to go on tangents. We're going to go have fun. Because at the end of the day, that's what I want this to be, a lighthearted conversation between two friends where you're laughing, you're smiling. I say the funny. You do the laugh. I get the money. We do great. Ah, uh, shit. I, I lost the rhyme at the end. But <laughs> anyway, no, at, and you know, it's funny. I say that podcast itself doesn't make a lot of cash. I'm going to be upfront with you. I, you know, when you go through r slash podcast or r slash podcasting or whatever else, or you find all these websites of podcasters that are always advertising themselves, yet never doing anything back for the community. Like, you sit there and you listen to them, and they're like, yeah, I make $100 per month with my podcast. I'm I'm appealing to a niche market. Yet they never drop the name. They they never tell you what the name of the podcast is. You know, if you're making 100 bucks per podcast, I want to know what you're doing. What's your podcast name? I just want to know. <laughs> so yeah, anytime you do that, just imagine, just imagine me on the other side, like, mm, what's your podcast name? Uh, 
you you don't have a podcast link in your bio. Hello, hi, bestie. <laughs> oh shit, I'm having fun today. I hope y'all are having fun. Like I know, quick side tangent. I know today is daylight savings time, and we've all lost an hour, and some of us are more groggy than others. I have absolutely woken up somehow, someway, and I'm fucking running with it. I'm actually really proud to say, uh, after I finished podcast, I was going to start, um, going to start taking care of a fish tank that the sweet fox wife bought me about a month ago. Um, we hadn't had the opportunity to set it up yet. And so I went out today, I got a couple extra plants, I got, you know, an air filter, or an air, like an air stone, that's what it's called. Um, and I bought like a couple other things, and I was really excited to get this tank started and start, you know, flushing out the water, or starting the cycles in it, so that way, you know couple of days down the line, a week down the line, I can get this fish that she's been keeping in the back room for me. It's this beautiful copper koi. Really looks like he's out of a painting. Baby dude, too. Because uh, his fins aren't that long yet, and he's still small. He's so fucking small, I love him. But anyway, I was getting ready to get started with all of that before I started recording podcasts, because I had time. At least I thought I had time. And I look, and it's like, by the way... Before you use this sand, you know, if you have a planted take, which means you have plants in the aquarium, uh, you should use a sublayer of substrate to plant the plants. Here's some recommendations. And I'm just sitting there. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, I was ready to go. I spent another 50 bucks today. I Like, this tank is probably run the fox wife and I close to $200 by now for a beta fish. But you know what? This beta is about to be the realest homie out there. I'm going to watch this dude like when I'm having a hard time sleeping like I used to do with Mr. Fish. I'm excited for this shit. The fox wife don't think that all the time because that thing's been sitting there for a hot minute. But by God, I am really excited for this fucking fish. But anyway, let's back it up just a tiny bit. Back to the conversation at hand. So... You know, and see, this This is why you listen to Plumescast. I give you all, li- like, real-life stories, and I tell you what's going on in my life. And, you know, you guys ask, what is the plumes up to? But y'all never really ask, how is the plumes up to? You know, I, I would like to say I'm doing okay. If you would ask. <laughs> oh, I'm having so much fucking fun. Like, genuinely. Here's another. Like, this wasn't in my small little bit of notes. But I do want to say this. If you're not having fun being a content creator, if it's too much, like, if it's too much work, if it's too much of a struggle, if it doesn't feel right for you right now, then there's nothing wrong with bailing out early. You know, there's nothing wrong with saying, okay, this isn't for me right now, and leaving away from it and coming back later. You know, I'll be honest with you. I recently started writing on Twitter again because I wanted to get my, you know, writing mindset back up and going. You know, way back when, when I was in middle school and all, I remember being in writing competitions. Like, there was creative writing stuff done by the school. There was stuff on, like, writing.com that I was submitted into. I've told you all the stories. But when I got older and I kind of, you know, grew out of writing as it was, because writing for me back in the day was an escape mechanism, 
I, you know, kind of got out of touch with writing characters or writing interactions. So I got back into that a little bit on Twitter, like, about a week ago. And I've been having a blast with it. Because it gives me a little bit of a minor distraction away from the things I'm doing at work. Or the things that's going on at home, you know. Just to give my creative side of brain, or my creative side of mind, rather. So what I meant to say. Um, a little bit of time to flex, to have fun, to exercise itself. And so when you are a content creator, if you're feeling that fatigue, if you're feeling that exhaustion, if it doesn't feel right to you, walk away. Because that's what I did when I couldn't write anymore, when I wasn't having fun writing characters or coming up with stories or anything like that. I walked away. I was like, you know what? This isn't right. You know, or it's not doing the right purpose for me anymore. It's okay to just say you're done for now. Take a hiatus. Take a break, you know. Or if you really don't feel like you'll ever come back to it, then say, hey, you know what? I'm actually done. It was a fun ride. I've enjoyed it thoroughly. This is goodbye. You know, and it's it's scary to think about. You know, let Again, and this is something you won't read in an article, but when you're sitting at the beginning of a page, when you're starting something brand new, a part of you has to think about an exit plan, an exit strategy. You know, nobody wants to think about the end of their career at the beginning of it, but you kind of have to have that 5, 10, 15 year mindset whenever you're starting something new because you don't know how big something's going to get. Nobody does. It's all in the chance of, you know, people you network with, people you talk to, the friends that you make, the choices that you make, that ultimately, and like, a part of it is pure luck. It's maybe the algorithm picks up your videos because you're constantly uploading, and then all of a sudden, you know, you, one video goes from six views to 600 to 6,000, you know, or you're putting out YouTube shorts every day about your videos, and then eventually some of them catch traction, and you go from there. Look, it's not, well, excuse me, it's not bad to think about an exit plan. It's not bad to think about a strategy that if you had to suddenly stop, what would you do? You know, at least in the back of your mind. Because I'll be realistic with y'all, I did not expect to have to write you guys into my taxes again this year. I did not expect that compared from the year before to make more money this year. I did not expect that I would venture out into a brand new field of things and have to write that in my tax reports and would be able to, you know, make some tax deductions based on some of the purchases that I made. You know, I wrote off the desk and the electricity for the office, because 99.9% of the time, this is what I'm using it for. You know, it's not for personal stuff. It is to build out my own content. And it's fun, and I am and I love it. I'm fascinated by it. I love the fact that at the end of every year, I have a checkpoint to say, okay, how did the last year go? You know, here I am debating now down the line like whether or not I should set myself up as a single you know or a sole uh sole ownership because 
hey, might be better tax breaks down the line. Not entirely sure quite yet. You know, just being up front with y'all, I have made from streaming and sponsorships and, you know, podcasting, all that combined, I've made roughly 300-ish dollars, which doesn't sound like much. You know, we're in the third month, so that means, like, I roughly make 150 bucks a month streaming and doing content creation, if we take it on average, and... You know, that's something that not a lot of people will think about, too, is the tax side of things. You know, when you are making money off a platform, when you're making money doing content creation, you have to be realistic and you have to, you know, save 20-25% of what you're making to pay your taxes next year. You know, or take out more from your personal job and say, okay, I want to save an extra $25 of, you know, paycheck. So that way, when it comes time for refund, you have a higher refund because you're covering your expenses. Speaking of which, I still need to do that. (laughs) But, again, this is the thing that nobody really tells you about when you're first looking at becoming a content creator. People just set this all up with this high expectation that once you start creating things, you'll get viewers. Once you start, you know, posting things to YouTube, the viewers will come. Once you find your niche, you're good to go, so on and so forth. And while, yes, there is an element of that there, they don't tell you about, okay, when you are exhausted, this is what you do. Uh, When you become a content creator and you start making money, this is what you should think about. Especially if you start making considerable amounts of money. Should you go for a sole ownership and, you know, get an accountant? Or, you know, do you handle it all yourself? How much money are you really bringing in? You know, I've had the luxury of seeing some of my friends absolutely blow up. And they deserve it every step of the way on their VTubers, you know. And some of them have even made the step to go further because they were making more money from streaming and content creation to stop working altogether and just content create. That in itself is a fantastic thing, and I'm incredibly happy for them. But you know what thing doesn't come up on these websites or anything else that says, you know, how to become a content creator? How to fucking market that for when you're done content creating. You know, I realize that I started this all off with, you know, things you should be mindful of when you start a new page or start a new venture. But I want to also talk about this. If you do this on the side, if you do this for fun, if you do this for business, whatever it may be, you can absolutely market the skills that you are learning here to any agency out there. You know, and I've said this before in the past, When I was interviewing with a big six-figure company looking at a six-figure salary, all right, I was, well, six-figure company doesn't sound right, does it? But anyway, when I was talking to them, I told them straight up, like, because they asked, is there anything on your resume that you haven't told us about that makes you a good candidate? And I realized one of the big things about the job I was looking at was the system security and the training aspect of it. And I told him straight up, I'm like, actually, there is something. I have a podcast that I've been running. I've been doing it for about a year at this point. And I talk about tech stuff. I talk about, you know, real life experiences. I talk about training people 
in those things that I have learned, you know, through the school of hard knocks of sorts. And I absolutely marketed the shit out of that. And I want to remind you, at the very end of the day, the reason why I didn't get that job was because I didn't have enough digital forensics experience. Could I do it? Yes. Could I learn it? Yes. But for what they had open for the time being, they needed somebody that they could just sit in there and run with. Which I understand. You know, yes, I have a cybersecurity degree. Yes, I have a cybersecurity background in my working life. But I am not a digital forensics expert at all. I can figure it out. I am very good at figuring out how things happen and rectifying them. Going through the whole, you know, risk assessment plan and saying, okay, here's how they got in. This is when it happened. This is what they got into. This is how we stopped it. This is what we're doing to remediate it. I can do all of that. Like when I was on the way home thinking about all this. I realized I had spent roughly about 10ish years, you know, in the actual working world. Maybe maybe a little more, maybe a little less, depending on what you feel is the real working world and whether or not you count my retail romp in there or my, you know, student assistant stuff for the university. Long story short, I have gone through multiple different environments, and the amount of information that I have gathered across 10 years worth of working is invaluable to me and my job and going forward and learning new things and being excited to learn new things. Because at the end of the day, when I get into the nitty gritty of cybersecurity, for for example, and I'm able to blow it out in a way that everybody can understand it, that is not only because I have that 10 years experience, but I also have you guys here to thank. I have content creation, being able to express myself in a way that people understand and enjoy. When I gave my first, you know, full-on cybersecurity, like, seminar at my current job where I had the entire company watching me giving a presentation I killed it I knocked it out of the park was I nervous sure was I doing my little idle animation where I was bouncing my hips from side to side trust me if you know me in public you know exactly what I'm talking about I can't stand still worth a shit but was I doing my little idle animation fuck yeah I was because I was nervous but at the same time I gave them all the information they needed, why the importance of cybersecurity is a thing, and how much this shit can actually cost in a way that I can go back three months later and say, hey, do you remember when we talked about this? And they say, yes, you said something along the lines of this. That shit makes me proud, and that gives me the mindset of being able to sell my podcasting abilities, my storytelling abilities, my sense of self that people don't think about when they're looking at a blank page about to start something new. So, now that we've talked about the life and death of your content, let's talk about something else that people really try and market on. And that is the equipment side of things. You know, as I mentioned much earlier on during the podcast, we talked about, you know, experimenting, improving. Because, and I challenged y'all, I said, if you guys don't like when I experiment with things or when I'm trying to improve things and it doesn't work out well, 
or you know, you want to tell me what things have worked well and what haven't. I give you guys that opportunity by going to my email, plumescast at gmail.com, and sending a message and saying, hey, I like when you talk about more life experiences, or I liked when you went into cybersecurity, or, you know, so on and so forth. If you guys don't like experimentation, that also gives you the same way to come through and say, hey, I don't think you should talk about this topic. Or, hey, you didn't really explain much on this topic, and yet you wasted an entire hour of my time talking about McDonald's and fish. (laughs) So, when you are experimenting, when you're growing, when you're developing, at the very beginning, it is all incredibly daunting to start from point zero. People will tell you, Oh, you know, you want to be a content creator? You need to spend five... Like, there was a big tre- like thread on Twitter that everybody was like, Oh, you can't use USB condenser microphones because they don't sound the greatest. And it's like, that's fucking bullshit. I'm using a USB microphone right now. I've told you all before, it's a HyperX quadcast or solocast, whatever the hell the red one is. But it is, at the end of the day, a USB mic. I've used multiple Blue Yeti USBs. I've used a Snowball that Mehers has sent to me when my mic died. And all things considered, a lot of this is USB, okay? Because to go out and get a condenser mic, like an actual one, and get the sound systems and everything else that you need to make that shit work, it is over a thousand plus dollars at times. If you know where you're going or you're buying one secondhand, sure, you can find one for cheap, but you also gotta consider why is it cheap in the first place. So, people will tell you, oh, you need to go spend big buku money, but the problem is, is you can go out and buy the most expensive equipment there is in the world, but two things could happen. Either one, you don't get the viewership, the numbers, the whatever you want. You don't get famous, is what it is. <laughs> Ooh, excuse me. You don't get famous, and all that money you spent just ends up collecting dust. Or, you lose interest in what you're doing because it's not what you thought it would be or it's too much work or you don't have enough time or whatever reason there is. And again, your $1,000 plus equipment, your $1,000 plus microphone set, that's not even counting your computer or the software or anything else, catches dust. Look. When you go to start off, and, you know, I will be the first to say this, because the Fox wife and I have had this conversation multiple times, but when you first go to start off, originally, I would say that you could go with middle-of-the-line stuff. It doesn't have to be the best. It doesn't have to be, you know, you're not... You're not spending, you know, $100 on something that would usually run $1,000. you are spending about $500. Like, let's just say, in our scale of, you know, equipment, the most expensive thing you buy is 1000 The mid-range is about 500 And the, you know, bomb of the barrels, a dollar. You can absolutely buy some dollar things. You know, if it's not important to how your stream looks or how everything runs. Like, for example... 
I have a phone holder. I love this fucking phone holder. I use this phone holder every stream and every podcast so that way I can keep my eye on my phone. If somebody goes to call or someone goes to text me, I can look and be like, oh, I'll get right back to them, you know, after I finish everything. But that thing is a dollar. You know, it has no benefit to stream. Actually, it was probably like $5. It was at the Walmart bargain bin. But it glows in the dark. And that's what makes me happy. But (laughs) anyway, you know, it's one of those things that you didn't have to go out and buy the most fancy thing. You know, when it comes to Xboxes, you don't need to buy the biggest and greatest capacity Xbox to get started. You know, when you're building a computer, this is the big, like... And again, I'm talking specifically about, you know, streaming, podcasting, whatever else. When you're buying a computer, people will tell you, you know, oh, focus the graphics card, focus, you know, the processor, focus the RAM. That's all very true. However, they will say, oh, you need to get, uh, you know, NVIDIA 40 or 4000 series card. Those things run for like upwards to eight hundred thousand dollars. Sometimes more, sometimes less. Honestly, I haven't looked at graphics cards for a while, and they could be a lot worse than what I'm remembering. When I built my computer about three, four years ago, yeah, no, the most expensive piece of the entire build was the graphics card because that is the most important part for you know streaming and everything else. That's the piece that you want to spend. in our hypothetical 1 to 1,000. But at the same time, you don't need to go and buy, you know, a 5 terabyte storage drive. You don't need to go out and buy, you know, an an NVMe 2 terabyte drive. You can buy a 500, load your operating system on it, and then buy a 1 terabyte. I can't believe that just went off. I will question what notification you will give me. Miss Amazon in a minute. But anyway, God, I never thought I'd have to mute that. I never get notifications on that thing. Anyway, um, but there are ways you can save money, okay? And the problem is when you come through and you see these best for content creator bundles, best for this, best for that, they themselves are overcharging you or trying to get you to buy an expensive as hell build. Or you talk to somebody that's streaming right now, and they're like, yeah, no, I got water cooling, I got this, I got that, blah, 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 and a random $5,000 to build their computer. Look, you don't need all of that. In my computer now, Jesus, fuck, there must be a weather alert coming through. I'm sorry about that. (laughs) I'm going to guess that there's rain or wind, if it's popping off twice, because for some reason it has my home location... As two different spots. But anyway, smart devices being stupid aside, they will try and sell you on these big budget or big price, you know, computers, software, everything else to say, this will make you the best streamer ever. And they'll put affiliate links into their, you know, bios and stuff. So that way when you're buying their computer, they will, you know, make some like 5% of that back. Look. You don't need the fastest computer. You don't need the strongest. Like, you don't need a 4,000 series card. Get a 2,000 or a 3,000. Like, that's the thing. 
is if there are things you're interested in streaming, if you're not doing like the most extensive, you know, high def VR, because here's the thing too, is you also have to think about how your audience is going to see this. If you are capturing your stuff in 4K HD, okay, and the best your people can do is 1920 by 1080, well, you know, it doesn't really make sense to go the big distance to spend all this extra money for a subset of your community, your budding community, to see. Especially if your internet sucks, you know? Because that's the thing, too, is they will try and sell you on these big, fancy-ass computers and be like, oh, you know, you just need this great computer, but if your internet sucks, if you're trying to stream over Wi-Fi, fuck that. You know, I'd say save some of that money that you're trying to spend on a 2-terabyte NVMe, get a 500 meg or 500 gig NVMe, load the OS on it, get a you know two terabyte um, hard drive, toss that in, then save some of that or from the fifty or a hundred dollars that you save from not buying a two terabyte you know NVMe drive, get a power line adapter, hook up one end from your router to where you want your, com- and hook up the other to where the computer is. It essentially makes one of your power lines an ethernet line because the way power works and a very short introduction to all this is in your power lines, there are four twisted pairs, uh, two of which are not used, essentially. In that, they take one of, the power line adapter takes one of those twisted pairs and makes it an ethernet line. There you go. <laughs> like, it's similar to an RJ45 and, you know, a phone line. Similar cords. You can actually, if it's an IP phone, it actually is the same cord. Just whether or not it uses all the twisted pairs inside the Ethernet cable is up to you. Anyway. Ooh, that was a full ass, you know, it's <laughs> a full ass explanation. And we just passed by the, uh, ending of last stream or last podcast. So I feel good about that. But all that to say, you know, you don't need the best equipment to get started. You can absolutely upgrade things over time as you see the need for it. And you know, that's why I'm kind of debating with myself as far as getting this new tablet. Because yeah, no, there's a lot of great things I could do with a good tablet, but at the same time for my main goal right now, starting a blog, I'm probably fine with my 2018 Chromebook, all things considered. Though then again, I think it was 2017. I don't know. The thing turns on, it types, it works. I'm happy. (laughs) But, you know, the thing is, too, though, if you have already started in something, like, because this was the other side of the conversation I had with the Fox wife. If you have already started something, like you've already expressed interest in it, and you bought yourself a low tier, like for example, drawing. Let's use art, digital art. You want to get into digital art. You've used a $50 drawing tablet, and you realize, oh, you know, I kind of want an iPad, or I kind of want a, you know, bigger computer tablet, so that way I can do, you know, more extensive works, so that way I can change the way that I look at things. That is well worth going for something bigger at that point because at the end of the day 
you have given yourself the opportunity to learn what works for you, what doesn't, what makes this tablet good, what makes another tablet better. And if you find out at the end of the day that you need more horsepower than what you're doing, and it helps you and you feel more comfortable in doing it a different way, by all means, go out and get yourself an iPad, go out and get yourself a tablet, go out and get whatever you want. So long as you are continuing to enjoy what you're doing, it won't be money wasted. Even if your hobby comes to an end by giving yourself the opportunity to take off with it, you know, it's one of those make or break points. And again, it's not you spending money haphazardly. It's you being smart with your money. Because again, at the beginning of all this, you could have made the $10,000 investment to get the fancy streaming computer that the big streamer has. And then all of a sudden your interest in the hobby fades off. Well, that's 10K out of your pocket. You know, I make the argument at times that if you're going to start something like this and you want to continue advancing in it, see if you can make some cash back. I have absolutely used some of the Twitch revenue to get the new microphone that I'm using now, to buy a desk, to, you know design the office in a way that makes me happy and keeps me engaged in what I'm doing. You know, I love the fact that the Fox wife has gotten me this little astronaut dude who projects stars and stuff onto the background of the wall. So that way when I'm podcasting, I can turn that bitch on and stare at it and be like, Ooh, pretty colors. You know, (laughs) at the end of the day, when you have that experience, when you figure out the things that work for you, what don't, you're able to then upgrade yourself in the way that you need to. And this is partly me talking to myself as well, because here I am about to start a brand new project in a blog, okay? I can blog from my desktop that I stream from. I can blog from my Chromebook. I have a laptop from work that I can blog with. But here I am still debating about getting a tablet because of the ease of access, because of the writing, or the ability to write on it because of it having more power than, you know, my Chromebook. There's a lot of reasons behind it. And I sit here and I'm still debating it. And at the end of the day, I think I might end up saying the same thing I just said earlier before, where if I see that I can stick with it for a month, then I'll go ahead and keep going, you know, or if it falls through, then I'll stop. You know, right now, for example, I'm going through and evaluating, you know, other podcast hosting websites, things I can do to make the podcast better, so on and so forth, because right now, Anchor is all about video podcast, and that's great, you know, if people want to do video podcasts, that's amazing. For me, that's not really the goal, it never was. Like, yes, I love doing the podcast live and on Twitch, but you realize... I have not released a single one of those VODs to Twitter because at the end of the day, it's Toho music playing in the background while I'm talking about things. That's not exactly what, you know, a podcast should be. That is to say, you know, I like the fact that the VODs are out on, you know, Twitter or on Twitch and I've downloaded some of them and maybe down the line, I'll make the decision to say, you know what? Fuck it. Here you go. Or, you know... I will take the podcast here and come up with some ambience and put it underneath the track and re-record it like that and go from there. I'm not entirely sure. 
you know, when I go through and I debate whether or not I want to put the podcast out on YouTube. Yeah, no, it definitely would be an extra video onto the YouTube channel every week. And that, you know, might spice up the algorithm a bit more to be like, hmm, you know, Phantasma Plumes is uploading a lot of podcasts or uploading a lot of videos. I'll give his videos a little bit more traction. He's been doing it for a week. Let's, you know, up up the videos, you know. These are all things that you have to consider that genuinely nobody thinks about. (laughs) And then at the end of the day, you know, you even surpass things like, you know, what's your topic going to be like? What kind of niche are you pursuing? You know, your schedule. Are you going to collab with people? Like all this other stuff becomes insubsequential because you just sit there and it's just like there's so many options in front of you. But... To wrap all of this all into a nice package, do it. Go out, experiment, have fun. Like, when you are sitting at a blank page, if you are scared, okay. You don't have to post it right now. You don't have to write anything. You don't have to create anything. If it doesn't feel right in your heart, maybe it's not right for a reason. But at the same time, you know... If you want to experiment, if you want to shoot out a couple of blog posts, like, for example, my first blog post might be talking about how much I hate AI because at the end of the day, like, yes, it could do some great things, but unfortunately right now it's just in the corporate greed of all of it. You have a bunch of companies that are coming around saying, oh, why do I need to hire a software dev when I can ask chat GBT without really understanding what makes the software dev work and what makes chat GPT suck. Or, you know, you have these people that are like, oh, why am I running these email campaigns when chat GPT can do it? Well, you lose the human aspect of it. And you might lose customers because of it because you fired the sales guy that was doing that. There's so many different avenues of which you can consider all your different kinds of content creation. And I hope by listening to this podcast, you yourself have learned, you know, things to be aware of. Things like, you know, what to do when you're first starting off, what to do when you're ending. You know, and again, I know nobody talks about that. But these are, you know, in the, in the middle, the things that no one talks about, like, I would love to do a continuation of this and talk about, you know, problematic things that have come up while doing content creation. You know, the toxicity of these, you know, streamer content events or these streamer socializing events. Because, you know, and I was telling the Fox wife about this yesterday. We actually went to a Dave and Buster's where I went to one of these conferences at. You know, it was hosted in one of their private rooms, and it was cool. I'm not going to lie. It was nice to meet a bunch of different people, but there are absolutely some assholes walking around here like, oh, you have less than 500 followers? You should just listen to what I tell you. Don't talk back to me. And she's like, what the fuck? How, what, what do numbers have to do with anything? What if I just started? What if I got my 250 followers faster than you got... You're 250 followers. Does that make you better than me? Like, there's a whole conversation and a whole, you know, culture about it. And I'd love to introduce y'all to that side of it. And if you guys want something more along this line about content creating and when you're first starting out and the struggles that I went through, I would be more than happy to do another episode about this. Because as you can tell... 
clearly I'm very motivated about this. I have a lot of fun going through and telling y'all all these different stories because I want y'all at the end of the day to take the risk, to have the excitement, to spend a little bit of money. Like again, to just kind of summarize everything, take the risk. Have some fun with it. If it doesn't work out, you tried. You got a new experience. You got a new skill of which you can market. If it does work out, hey, here's some avenues that you need to think about. Like, okay, if you leave your job and you go for another job down the line and they ask, well, what's this gap? You can be like, I was a content creator. This is what I was doing. And this is how much money I was making. And this is how I was doing it. If you were a VTuber... You can absolutely advertise yourself as a corporate entity. <clears throat> you know, you were your own mascot. You had your own business and you were, you know, thriving. And you decided eventually it was time to stop because you needed to come back to the working world or you needed to make more money or you needed, like, the you wanted a career change. Anything but. You know, I'm telling you all this because in the world of content creation, it takes a single day to change your life. And I mean that in both the positive and the negative light. You know, you could absolutely go viral and take off one day. And be like some of my friends. Be like me who end up making a little bit of cash out of this. Or you could say something you're not supposed to. Or something, you know, get into some bad shit. And you get outed for it, and all of a sudden this big ass... Like, you know, again, I don't like talking about the negative side of things, but these are the mindsets of which you need to have, because AO, you could absolutely... Like, for something you did... Mind you, if you did something that you're going to get in trouble for, that shit's going to bite you in the ass. And the first thing that comes to mind is that fucking Genshin dude who turned out to be... I don't even want to say that on my fucking content... Dude was problematic with children. That's how I'm going to phrase it. You know, I'm not even, I'm not trying to sugarcoat it, but that is kind of the politically correct way of which I'm going to say it. And you guys know I'm not a PC kind of guy. But the dude doubled down on it. He was talking to multiple underage fans because he got big because of Genshin. And at the end of the day, he deserves everything that he's going to get. But that's just the way content rolls. You know, because you're friends with somebody else, if they do something wrong, you might be put on the spotlight and the people might come to you. Like, for example, if, you know, Mehers does something like, did Mehers have a baby? What's going on with Mehers' baby? And if Mehers ain't answering and people know I'm buddies with Mehers, people might come to me and be like, hello, Phantasma Plumes, tell us about Mehers' baby. And I'm like, oh, he's just the most adorable fucking thing. But anyway, <laughs> I'm so happy for him. He makes a great dad. But <laughs> Meanwhile, he sends me like, fucking lewd anime pictures all the time we it's more of a mutual thing at this point you know because i like i like having him as a homie to talk to and you know that's just part of our friendship but anyway <laughs> uh a little a little self-burn at the end there always makes it taste better but anyway no these are the things that genuinely you need to think about your exit strategy you know if it ends positively if it ends negatively what will you do you know do you have a backup if your money revenue comes to a sudden stop, what are you doing to save? So on and so forth, you know, or your computer, your way you stream breaks down. Will your fans come through and pay for it? So on and so forth. 
These are all things that really, I could do an entire docu-series on things to consider before streaming. And if that's something, or before any type of content creation, you know, or, you know, I didn't even really get to talk too much about ads or sponsorships. Like, yeah, I told you all at the beginning that I probably wouldn't do another one for a little bit because Raid was exhausting. War Thunder was fun, but misleading. Um, so I kind of felt like I wasted some time there. But at the end of the day, when it comes to all this fun stuff, like, genuinely, I hope that I have inspired you to still go out and reach your potential, go out and experiment, try something new, if there's a bunch of people in that field doing things, like, I know there's a bunch of podcasters out there talking about life, but they don't talk about it with the life that I have, you know, they don't talk about it with the vigor that I have, the humor that I have, you guys will not get as many tangents from other podcasters as you will from me, you know, (laughs) but at the end of the day, when I'm looking at my VODs, compared to every other streamer that has played Psychonauts 2, you're not going to get the same jokes, you're not going to get the same reactions, you're not going to get the same Seth. Because at the end of the day, that is what I'm marketing to you, that is what I'm trying to market to everybody, is I am not like any other streamer out there, I am fun, I like fuck around i'll give you life stories if you ask for it i'm the homie that you come over to after a long day at work and you sit on the bed and you're like man i'm having a long day homie i guarantee you i will ask oh what happened do you want to talk about it hey my dms are open or i'll give you shit and be like man why are you coming in here and ruining the vibe you know (laughs) and then i'll hit you up after the fact and be like hey are you good you know Depending on what your reactions are and so on and so forth. But, again, that's how I always wanted to be. Was the friend that you can come in and have a a serious life conversation with. Meanwhile, you know, there's a little pink dude running across the screen inhaling enemies. It's just, you know, we can talk about life and death. That's why I did the podcast. Because I love telling all these stories and I love having in-depth conversations. And that's why I'm starting the blog too. To go even more in-depth and to talk about things and to link. Like, that's the thing too. I want to link references and be like, hey, here's this thing that I was reading. This is why it's important. If you're interested in cybersecurity, here's some links. If you want to, you know, ask about life and death questions, well, here's your answer. And I just want to have fun with it. And I want to make it fun for you. Whew! (laughs) God damn, that was a whole ass tangent. Ah, well, I think I have talked my little heart out tonight. Honestly, I this past hour and 20 minutes or so has flown by. I had an amazing time recording this. And genuinely speaking, if you guys want me to continue with any of these kinds of conversations, or you want to ask questions about, you know, my cooking stuff, or, you know, podcasting, or blogging, or technology, or anything else, I am here for that. I want to know what kind of topics you guys want me to go into, and I hope you would tell me, you know, because at the end of the day, I'm here to make y'all laugh, and I'm here to teach y'all something, and I think, and because I want to make you smile too, give you a little bit of a reprieve from the crazy world that our life is, and I want to do it in a way that imparts you with some life wisdom 
and a little bit of extra energy so that way you can take on whatever you got to take on. And I think I did that today. I had fun. I really did. So, all that to say, remember, you can find me in the night skies across different platforms. If you've got Phantasma Plumes on Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube, you can listen to Plumescast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and soon to be YouTube, and you can email the show directly by sending it to plumescast at gmail.com. That email again is plumescast, P-L-U-M-E-S-C-A-S-T, at gmail.com. Guys, thank you all so much for listening in, and as always, I'll talk to you again from the stars very soon. Until next time, everyone, chase those dreams, post them blogs, make that art, and I'll talk to you again soon. Bye bye